Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Babylon 5, Season 5, the last season, uh, and we're going to do the first two episodes today. So we did Episode 1, No Compromises, and Episode 2, The Very Long Night of Londo Malari. Uh, Adam, why don't you start with your synopsis, and we can get into the discussion about the uh, about the episodes. Sure. Well, No Compromises, uh, it opens with Lockley showing up. Captain Lockley, so we have a new captain, and uh, and she's somewhat the uh, replacement character for Ivanova to an extent. And uh, also in this, we have the uh, inauguration is going to happen for uh, President Sheridan. He's going to be inaugurated, and he asked Jakar to write the uh, oath of the presidency and the declaration of uh, of uh, principles for the uh, the new alliance. And and, uh, and there is a, a a killer on the loose too. <laughs> Somebody's trying to assassinate Sheridan. Um, who? What, what was the guy's backstory? I don't really remember actually. I just remember he he, he, His, he was he on the other side of the conflict. Was that the? Yeah, he was a uh, a guy doing horrible things for Clark. So he uh you know had to go on the run when uh when Clark got kicked out. So he was he was out for vengeance. He's a pretty thin character, I gotta say. <laughs> it was not it was not a particularly interesting plot line to me. But uh they they were juggling a lot of balls in this episode, so Yeah, this one like I actually here's the funny thing. I enjoyed the downtime moments way more than the actual plot. plot. Um <laughs> Yeah. If only because I don't know, like uh I, an assassination episode is fine. And there was also the stuff with the um the telepaths, which was pretty interesting. Um, mm -hmm. We, we got to see, you know, so that's sort of, I mean, seeds are being planted in this episode. Um, yeah. I just yeah. think it might yeah, have I should been, have mentioned telepaths, yeah. I, I, I might, they probably could have waited a few episodes to pull the assassination thing out. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You're kind of on it, guard it, for it anyways. This, You know what I mean? Like right after and so. But I feel, I, it feels like he didn't have enough confidence. Like he wrote a perfectly good ep. He had like you know just having Lockley show up, having the inauguration, having him have Jakar write the principles, having the telepath show. Up, I would have been perfectly content with that without a big, dramatic yeah. you know assassin scene. But it felt like he needed some action in there. Yeah, to draw that, people in. That's a good way to put it. It was like it was like extra, and it didn't seem like it necessarily. Like the first assassination, I think was fine. I think it's when they got up to the second attempt where he gets the star fury and he's like, yeah. there were two, there were two issues that it was just sort of a like i don't know that seems like a really complicated like i don't think you can do that on the fly do you know what i mean that seems like yeah. a logistical yeah. problem for a guy who's on the run to, i mean i know that they didn't know well number one they should have known he was a star he, he, he could pilot a star fury by that point yeah but number two they they don't guard the star furies like they have no i know uh anybody can walk into one it just seemed kind of I mean, and granted, he, this guy has special skills, so maybe he's like, you know, a Liam Neeson type who, you know, was able to, <laughs> to get in there specially, but it was a little odd. But, but the thing that bothered me the most was Sheridan's really stupid decision to continue on with the inauguration. Like, that, <laughs> that to me, like, I mean, I get that, I get that you want to, you know, you want to show, demonstrate confidence and put people at ease, but I don't think holding an inauguration while there's still a, a, an assassin on the run 
is a good way to achieve that. That seemed, and and again, this might get back to some of the things where Sheridan isn't a perfect character. He's meant to have flaws, so maybe yeah. that was, maybe this is sort of foreshadowing some other bad decisions he'll be making this up this season. Um, yeah, I honestly felt more that uh, it was weird for Lockley to back him up on it. You know, that was the thing that felt weird to me. It felt like I was just like, oh, I I don't know. It seemed. I mean, obviously, you haven't seen as much of Lockley, but... Uh, no, because I just thought, oh, she's, like, a bad guy. Okay. That was, like, sort of my... <laughs> I'm, I'm with Gar- So, by the end of the episode, I think it's this episode, Garibaldi is like, I don't trust you, lady. And I'm, yeah. and he also he also creates a special division in the... Uh, I mean, a lot actually did happen this episode. They create a special division mm-hmm. where Garibaldi is, like, the head of... Kind of like a secret intelligence network, it sounds like. Um, yeah. And so he does... Yeah. I don't think he has to wear a uniform is the big... Uh, the big thing. I don't think he wanted to, to, uh, to, to be in that role anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, I have to say for all of Sheridan's high minded ideals, the absolute first thing he does, the second he becomes president is set up a, uh, a spy network. You kind of, you can't be naive about that. I suppose. Oh, I know. Bit. It's just, it's just funny that it is. It's just that it being the, the very, you know, it's just the timing it's, of it struck me as funny. But, but I was with Garibaldi. I did not trust her. I felt like, okay, she yeah. clearly was on the other side of the conflict. I don't know what Sheridan, cause Sheridan said, he kind of indicated to her that he didn't even look at what side of the conflict she was on, but he must've known. He must've known. Oh and, yeah. And, and I don't know why he's inviting somebody from, I, I mean, I understand that they're sort of supposed to be this post civil war thing where they're trying to get along. But I mean, this wasn't like a normal civil war, right? This was <laughs> like, this was like one side was, was, was part of like a, was like on the side of like Saddam Hussein or Hitler. And you know, it was like, it was a very, it was an at the, the Clark administration was an aberration. It wasn't, it wasn't, this it just it just seems sort of odd to to just invite that into Babylon Five. Now maybe she'll be fine. Maybe, maybe they're sort of doing the thing where they 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 let you think she's a bad guy, and then they and then over time our trust for her builds. But like I would not have put I I you know I I would have really wanted Ivanova in that position or somebody like Ivanova. Um, uh huh. I don't well, know. Uh, on the other hand, I like the fact that Lockley is very different than Ivanova. It's like, because the standpoint of, I mean, like I said, so I'm, I, I mean, I realize you're not got something different. You just kind of brought up a point, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's like, I feel like, you know, I mean, it, this was a no-win situation because a lot of people watching the show are like, oh, she's not Ivanova. We hate her. We hate her. And it, like, it was just guaranteed to happen. But I, I feel like it was a good idea having, a, you know, Try, if they tried harder to make someone that was like Ivanova, I think people would have been even more, you I know, oh, you. it's fake Ivanova, well, you know, and a, it's, but, you no, know. No, I, I think I think from a writing point of view, it's fine. I think the issue I had was I don't, I'd shared in. Oh, yeah, you're thinking, exactly. Yeah. I'm talking about a writing issue and you're talking about an in-world issue. So. Yeah, like, you know, from the writing standpoint, like, number one, you know, I, again, I don't, I guess the one writing issue I do have is him. Uh, him making that decision and not having it come out of something more complicated than I don't know what. Do you know what I mean? But uh, 
Well, maybe I, think, they I honestly, I bought I bought Garibaldi's thing where Garibaldi was talking to Lockley, and he's like, Sheridan just likes taking these crazy gambles all the time, and it's our job to protect him from these crazy, okay. <laughs> crazy impulsive moves he makes. I I kind of thought from a writing perspective that I, I was like, I, I I think we've talked about that before. It's like he, Sheridan just has this. He just takes these crazy risks sometimes. Well, and, uh, I did notice that. I think what did he say? He said he likes to ch- he likes to challenge himself, which I can sort yeah. of appreciate. Like he, but this seems particularly reckless. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> like the telepath situation, I I totally bought. That's in keeping with him. That yeah, you know, I mean that that's a risk, but it's like a risk. The rewards could be enormous, and and it's almost like a necessary risk. Um, but, but this just seems like inviting the enemy into your bed. It's, uh, you know, um, Oh yeah. You're back to the Lockley thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was talking about the, him, him going to the, uh, inauguration thing. So we were talking about, we're talking about different risks, but, but, uh, but, but anyways, (laughs) to bring it back to the, to the, to the, to the same point that you were making, I do think it's good that they had a character like this because you take all that existing rage people have that Ivanova isn't there and you can focus it on that character. It's going to exist either way. So I, yeah. I definitely found myself being like, Oh, who's this lady showing up? Yeah. You know, they, so it was smart how they leaned into that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, people are going to resent this character. So let's, let's use it. Let's use that energy. Let's use and, use the audience hate to our advantage. And she hasn't done anything blatantly bad. All she's done is she sided with Sheridan, which, to be fair, somebody might do their first day of the job. You know, mm-hmm. you know, to, to like you, he's the boss, right? So uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense. You might want to you might want to cement that 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 relationship in a positive way by by taking his side. Um, yeah. and she just might not have understood the. Uh, the, the dynamics in the room because she was the newest person, but also um, just something about her personality is is slightly <laughs> off putting. I don't, I don't, and it seems deliberate, like you're saying, but like yeah. there's something about her where she's kind of she's kind of coming in with a little bit of attitude, and yeah. and the last thing a new character is supposed to have in these situations is like an because it's like the audience takes it personally. Uh, yeah so. oh this is clearly this is the sign of a poorly run station yeah <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah it's it's it, it works and uh but yeah i i liked her as a character overall uh you know i'm just just from a not you know not judging her as a person or anything just to say as an addition to the show i actually really enjoyed her this time i was like yeah this is a interesting antagonistic thing going on here and uh um... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I was gonna say, and and my 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 random observation for this episode too, when uh when the uh the assassin went down to the alien sector of the of the of Babylon Five, you know, and he was, you know, he had his mask on, he's going through the, the hallway, and he goes through that doorway. I was like, I knew it wasn't the case because I know the show. I knew it wasn't, but there was part of me just hoping, ooh, I hope he's cutting a deal with Nagrath. You know, I wanted Nagrath back, the insect crime lord guy from the first season. We haven't seen him in the the puppet broke after the end of season one. So he 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 effectively died after season one. There was just he was irreparably 
the, the you know the animatronic alien was irreparably broken, which is why I knew he wasn't going to be there. But there was just part this moment where I was like, oh, I, I miss the days when every time someone came to the station to do something shady, they'd go see McGrath. But uh, but no, he was just going to kill the game uh, ambassador. But um, but I liked uh, I I, I like this. So I had additional thoughts on it but i did like the plot line with the telepaths because we know that's coming we know that's important mm-hmm. we know it's a decision he makes i thought it was good that they got it out of the way because i would otherwise i would have been waiting for it the whole season and so i liked that they brought it in first thing so i'm not sitting yeah. there like okay when are these telepaths going to show up because that's obviously if it's not the conflict it's a conflict we have to get through at some point in the season and so yeah. i'm glad that it started um uh, the guy, so the head, the leader of the telepaths, his name is Byron. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's the most 90, like one of the most 90s characters in the show so far. Um, we've got a lot of that, but I feel like the show generally does a good job of 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 not being so stuck in the, its time that that uh, that it's that it's still enjoyable now. Yeah. Um, and but this was this was I don't know I just. Again, this was sort of a nostalgic moment for me for the 90s when, when Byron shows up. And I think people that if you see the episode, as soon as he's on the screen, you'll know why. He's got like the long hair. His name is Byron. And he's got this <laughs> demeanor that comes right out of a White Wolf game. Um, you know, it's a it's a it, it, it's um it's a very 90s sort of character. But 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 interesting because I found him very difficult to pinpoint. I was I was mm-hmm. having trouble figuring out, OK, and I know, and and I know, and I, and and it's funny because I know it goes south. Um, but but yeah. as I was watching it, I realized I don't know how it goes south, and that's one of the most important things here. I don't know: is it the telepaths that cause it? Is it the is it a human that resents the tele? Like, what's the the uh, the genesis of the conflict? And even with the stuff we've seen with Garibaldi, we don't we do not know who he's talking to. That could be that could be Byron. That could be Zach, for all I know. That could uh-huh. be Lita. It could be it could be somebody totally unexpected. I have no idea. You know, there could be a, somebody that you know we just weren't thinking would would go this path. But once the telepaths have a colony and something happens, it prompts them to go in a new direction. So I think it's a it's sort of like you said. We don't need this big giant cosmic struggle. Yeah. But they're but they're paving the ground for a very interesting uh, interesting issue that I think. Uh, that that has me very curious how it pans out. So they did a good job of sort of showing their hand, but keeping me interested, so that I don't know, you know, how everything uh, unfolds. Yeah, well, I, that that brings up my other my my other point here, which is that it was refreshing to have an episode where it was just everyone was on Babylon Five, everything happened on Babylon Five. I mean, not that I didn't enjoy the big epic stuff in the last two seasons, but it was just it was just like, oh, this is just an episode on Babylon 5, both these episodes were, they were both, you know, it, was, it, it kind of felt nice to be, to be back there again, completely. No. And even to the point of like him and Delenn having coffee in the morning, like, you know, it was very yeah. sort of like, I mean, it felt almost like, like waking up in your own house. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, like kind of exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and that was another important aspect. Like, I guess they're sort of splitting time between her quarters and his quarters. Yeah. And, <laughs> And the um, and it sounds like part of the reason is she still needs to sort of have a front for the Mimbari when she meets with them, and he still needs sort of like his, you know. So hopefully they'll resolve it because I, I'm like, I'm vaguely annoyed that they're splitting time between their 
their two quarters, even though it has no <laughs> impact yet on the story. Um, I, well, they've got they've got the bad issue too. It's like you know that I think I think that's why they need to split quarters as well too, because they're never going to resolve the slanted bed versus flat bed thing. You know, it's like the, by switching beds every night, at least you know they, one of them gets a good night's rest. But wouldn't that just mean that the that one of them never adapts to the new bed? Like you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Like one That's of them, true. I think. I think they just got to bite the bullet and compromise on on a, on a number. Like you know, down a list, uh, they can take take it in turn, compromising on certain issues. Yeah, um, they just need to get one of those fancy like sleepmatic number bed things, <laughs> where both sides can you adjust know, the way you want well, it. The, you know, in the future, they probably you know, I don't know. I guess Mimbari and human relationships are a new thing, so mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't seem. Yeah, so I don't know, but. It's uncharted yeah, but, but no, it was just bugging me. Just it was just <laughs> like a it was like a hangnail in my brain. Like just this idea that like they have two different quarters and they're constantly shifting back. And it felt very unstable. In the it would be and... it would be really hard. I I, can, I can't even imagine that as a living circumstance. You know, having half your stuff. You know, you're, you're going. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I you know, it's it's not a. a I know doing it, just doing it every night back and forth is the thing. It's like, obviously, you know, people going back between their girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, having different places, but still, yeah, it's complicated. Well, it just, it, one of the things that's, you know, they don't walk around with personal guards and it seems like a security issue too. Like, you know, the, that's true. Um, and, and he's the, and he's like the president. So like, it just, you know, I don't know. If if it was like Garibaldi, you know, he's got a little bit more mobility. It makes some sense, but but Sheridan kind of needs to be, you know, in in his spot. I feel. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah. So I know we should get into the next episode though before we run out of uh, time space here. Um, and that is uh, the very long night of Londo Malari, which uh, is basically Londo. We think he's poisoned. Turns out he has a heart attack, and. Uh, and and, yeah. and it's one of these episodes where he basically has to struggle with himself as Franklin tries to save him. But ultimately, it's in Londo's hands. And it connects with a, uh, a fairy tale that the Centauri have about if a great person is born into the body of a, of a really despicable person, then the, the spirit of the great person can it, cause the body to, to die. And there's a struggle between them. And either the person dies or they... they return changed and yeah. uh and, and ultimately it's about londo uh saying he's sorry to uh shikar <laughs> um so i think that was pretty much the gist of the episode right Did I well it's also the one where lanier uh tenders his resignation to the land and goes off to become can, a ranger can we talk about that first because i had some very Please. serious thoughts so they introduce a number of things that either might have been misleading accidentally and they weren't intending to or i might have been thinking too much about them but it sounded like to me delenn has feelings for lanier as well which all up and through this point i've seen no like romantic feelings not like you know he's my i don't son. know well there was I one didn't... moment where she like puts her hand on him tenderly when he's uh and and then the whole thing with um when uh sheridan says uh three's a crowd and she says well and you know mimbar <laughs> three is sacred and he's like well i'm not going there um I don't know. I I don't know if she necessarily meant it that way. Like, uh, I mean, like when she put her hand on his head. I think she was just trying to be affectionate. But I I think it was 
I think it was, I think it was kind of the case where one person's making just a, a you know, I care about you gesture, mm-hmm. and you know, because the other person's actually in love with them, it it's, comes off weird. Okay, I know that's, that's the way I read it. I but. mean, I was I was having a lot of trouble reading. I was I was I actually went on the Lurker's Guide right away to find out. And there was oh no, really? There, I I mean I, I I skimmed it. I didn't read the whole thing, but like I, I I didn't see anything about that about you know nobody asking that question or anything like that. Um, but but the reason why I was thinking that I think is because in Alienation, you know, they had the whole thing mm. where like you had to have yeah. two males to mate with the one female. So I was like, oh, maybe they have like a different set of assumptions about about marriage, and and maybe there is like a third wheel that's permissible and maybe that's the role that Lanier was filling but you know I don't know I um again it, 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 there was no indication of it in any episode except for this one to me so that's why I was it sounds like you're saying I was basically crazy like I'm probably not correct well, in, in reading it that way is, um, is a bit of an overstatement okay. but, uh, but I, I don't know I could be wrong too I mean I I there, there might maybe I'm misreading it. I'm just, I'm just going with my interpretation. But, no, uh, no, because I was like, am I nuts or is is she like kind of coming on to linear in that scene? Like that was sort of my, and, and maybe, maybe it's because with the actress, I've just never seen her demonstrate that emotion to another character. And so, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Like I've, like I, I, she, you know, her dealings with linear have been. Um, they haven't they haven't gotten emotion they've i mean they've they they haven't gotten to the, that level of 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 uh intensity and so maybe yeah. that's what i was just picking up on um yeah because i don't know i feel like if it was part of minbari culture then that would be an option lanier would think was available to some extent but uh it, you know i mean it's like he's been threatened from the second that you know sheridan became a romantic interest and it's like so it's like i don't know i don't I don't think the idea of a threesome is part of Lanier's psychology either but you know i don't know i don't know yeah i i don't know what you know i, I mean and again you know i was just sort of you know i i was just it was probably just they they accidentally you know <laughs> caused me to think something was going on that wasn't um yeah but uh, but, but Lanier ends up joining the rangers and you know basically trying to become the man that he thinks Lanier wants. So I think what, I think what Lanier is thinking or that he thinks uh, Delenn wants, I, I think that he, uh, he thinks that he, that he has to be like Sheridan in order yeah. to impress her. And I, I don't know. I don't think that's the, that's not the, that's not the thing that's impressive about Lanier. Um, the, the thing that's impressive about Lanier is almost that he, he could be a Sheridan, but he chooses not to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, like, cause we've seen him, we've seen him in action before. He's, he's physically, he could probably rip Sheridan limb from limb. From what we know of him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, cause, cause we find out that, that, uh, the Mimbari have very different physiologies. The Len could probably li- rip Sheridan limb from limb based on what he said. Um, and so, huh. so yeah, is that's interesting. Do you think that's the case? Do you think she's like physically stronger than Sheridan? Because he was saying, like the, like it's almost like the difference between like like uh, like different species on Earth, where like like a monkey can rip off your arm. Do you know what I mean? Like a and, and yeah, it I don't know. It's tough to say because once again, I mean, you do have the different species difference, but you also have you know the different sexes within a species can be different in abilities yeah. too. So it's tough to say. Is it just that you know 
I don't know. It's it's an unanswerable question. We know she's incredibly tough. It's yeah. like you know, I mean, she's the whole the whole ritual thing where uh, you know she she did the ceremony with the with the burning pillar coming down on her yeah. and stuff. So it's like she's definitely definitely got like inhuman toughness. I don't know if that translates to strength or not. Well, well, the reason I'm asking is with Lanier, if we'd ever actually saw him fight anybody, we'd think he was just this meek guy who could barely hold up a book. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I know. It's, it's a lot of it is just their demeanor creates that illusion. Um, and so I'm wondering if that's what's going on with the Len. And I'm wondering if Sheridan is even aware of, uh, you know, like, you know, like maybe yeah. one day they'll have a big fight and she'll just knock him to the ground. And, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, uh, but uh but yeah, the, the Lanier storyline, and of course, uh, there's a nice scene with uh, Lanier and Veer, which is uh, a good scene, I think. It was kind of nice to get a cap on the uh, occasional scenes we get of them together. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, because we have had those moments in the past. Also, I've um, noticed the guy that plays Veer has lost a considerable amount of weight by this part of the season. So um, He actually had it at the end of last season, too. I, I think he was losing it over the course of last season. I noticed uh, the last time we saw him. Yeah, no, it was it was visible last season, too, but it really it's really apparent this season. Um, yeah. And... Uh, which I, I think it suits him though. I thought I was a little nervous mm-hmm. when I saw the weight coming off because his character is kind of the girth was part of the character, but but uh, but it still works. Um, yeah, and and it, and it kind of creates the the illusion that he's aged a little bit and matured. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of it nice. has. Yeah, it gives him a, a different because yeah, because the character has changed. So yeah, the fact his physicality has changed with it. It that does make a lot of sense. But but I did like how the episode opened with the Bravari wine and Londo's freaking out because uh, <laughs> because Zach won't is gonna impound his wine for three days and he's he's worried that if it's in like a hot sticky environment that it's gonna get gross and uh, yeah and and uh, which I mean it seemed very in keeping with Londo and then and then he drinks a little bit and he collapses that was great because you you thought he was poisoned and so yeah. I thought that was the be- that was a really good curveball that it was. Oh no, it was a heart attack, and then we get to learn that like like I, they might have brought this up already, but but like Time Lords, they have two hearts. Two hearts, and, and uh, I think that's come up before, but not in a particularly relevant way. But, but we uh, also we also learn that the left heart and the right heart are different, and mm-hmm. and when when Garibaldi tells him that it was a heart attack, or he tells Veer, Veer's which heart was it? And 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 apparently it was the left one, which is bad. And, yeah. And, and and we hear like basically Londo has really horrible heart disease. Like he is he, between yeah. stress, I'm assuming diet, and a variety well, of other things. He, it, it, the left heart also works kind of like a liver, and it's like Londo having liver problems. I believe that. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty uh and, pretty reasonable assumption. But then we get another one of these like psychedelic. Here's Sheridan with a white curtain on his face talking to you in a bar. Uh, very sort yeah. of, you know, uh, trippy kind of uh, dream sequence type stuff. And except it's Londo, which is, I thought, more interesting because usually you have a much more straight character in that role. You have somebody like a Sheridan or someone who's just kind of like, huh, huh. But Londo's really sort of commenting on all of the things that he's seeing. And it just, it's, it was a little more entertaining than it otherwise might've been as a result. 
Yeah, yeah, I really like this episode a lot. It's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, this is this is just one of the uh, the classic B five episodes, and I mean, and that's a big part of it, Londo his reactions to everything. And I mean, him being very flip about things, but at the same time, every time someone will tell him to look behind you, he just, that, that intense fear sort of, you know, you can see in his eyes and, and it's, it, it really, it's really a powerful episode in a lot of ways. That was very effective. Cause as soon as he did that, I immediately got that feeling you get in a dream when you can't move. Like that yeah. was sort of the feeling it prompted in me. So I felt like that something about that, that idea of him not being able to turn around and look. Um, and I know it's more about him confronting something that, you know, some knowledge about himself that he doesn't want to have, but uh, it, you know, it was, it was very, it was very effective. And I liked the whole, there was almost like a little bit of a Clive Barker vibe to the way that the dream sequence played out. Like when they got to the part where, the heart was beneath the like he opens up the panel yeah. below and there's like a his heart is there and it was that that was pretty cool um and it was it was very sort of again it was very clive barker to me but i thought it uh it, it just made you felt you felt the the tenderness of 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 his condition in that moment um so yeah I, and uh I, one transition i liked a lot too it's like you have fear walking down the hallway and then and the camera just tilts, you know, the same part, the same shot. And then Londo walks out. And you're like in his, in his dream thing again. There, I thought that was a nice, uh, nice artistic touch. That was creepy. This was a, this was surprisingly well shot. I thought this episode. Yeah, I was, I was watching because because a lot of times you'll watch old TV when they try to get really, like, uh, state of the art in terms of how the thing is shot and uh, and in hindsight because it was tv it just doesn't do you know what i mean it, it, you know it worked that year but 10 years later it looks horrible mm -hmm. this really held up and and and, and i was i was i was really impressed with i was like oh that was a really cool shot or that you know that really was effective and you know i wasn't i wasn't making fun of the choices in my yeah. in the back of my head so i i i, I enjoyed it and um and yeah I, I and again this is one of these premises that i normally despise the sort of like, like yeah. I think, I think, like I remember, I, th I know there was a Saint Elsewhere episode exactly like this with Howie Mandel, where you know the, the I'm pretty sure there's a you know a character has a medical catastrophe and then he has to fight with himself, uh, and and really <laughs> the whatever the doctor does is meaningless. It's all about what's going on with the guy's oh, psyche. Which, if you've ever been in a medical catastrophe, you know, it's not, not, not how it works. No. Not how it works. But uh, uh, no, I, I agree because I, you know, I mean, I knew the plot of this episode. I knew I liked this episode a lot. But thinking about the plot, I'm like, okay, this is the episode where Londo has to play out this thing in his head to see if he's going to survive the heart attack. And I thought, that sounds terrible. I know I like this episode, but that sounds terrible. So I've been wondering, I'm like, am I actually going to still like this? Or is this going to be one that's going to disappoint me? But I really liked it still. It, it, yeah. it sold me on a lot. But on paper, it looks like a pretty cheesy concept. Well, I think I think one of the things an episode like this shows is, number one, the premise is not all there is to a show. And yeah. <laughs> you can have a premise that sort of something you wouldn't normally want to watch but if it's done well if there's enough other sort of material involved it'll it'll work and so it was just in good hands i think i think this episode yeah. really because i normally again this is this kind of episode i would like if this were 
Scrubs or some other show, I would have just stopped 10 minutes in. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have continued. Zach um, Braff couldn't have carried this for you. No, no. But, uh, and, you know, and I have no problem with Zach Braff, but like, no, I, no. I, I just, uh, I just, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of this premise. Um, but something about this premise plus Londo, it yeah. worked, you know? Well, we haven't gotten much Londo in a long time, too. So it was just nice having an episode that was mainly about Londo after all this time. It was good to get back to him. That that was another part of it. But, uh, yeah, an interesting thing in this episode, I, I have to wonder, too. It's like, the you know, we hear Veer telling the fairy tale kind of thing that you talked about. But there's kind of another interpretation you could have. It's like It's like, basically, okay, when there's the spirit of a great person inside someone that's that's a monster and it's it's also because there, there is there is an ambiguity ambiguity that's raised at one point which is jakar in his head that's like is that just londo dreaming about jakar or is it a little piece of jakar that's in londo's head because they they mind melded a few seasons ago which is oh, a, they, right. it never it never resolves the question it, you know it's it's raised but it's just left you know so when that when that you know veer recounts that story it's like well is it because Londo is a great soul that's trapped in the body of a monster, or is it because Jakar is it? But it, I, it could be taken either way. He listed like three possibilities, and one of them that was like we you know that, that that I'm still present in your mind, but yeah. the one that I tended to lean on was the conscience. I thought that Jakar. I think that's the being, most interesting. Yeah, Jakar being his conscience makes a good deal of sense, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and so. But yeah, that, that definitely was an intriguing possibility. I was I was kind of scratching my head and going like, I need to go back and check some episodes before, because uh, <laughs> uh, I remember there was that that one where there there was you thinking of the was it the elevator episode? Is that the one that they're referring to or no? The one where uh, the one with the dust where Jakar takes the dust and uh, goes inside Londo's head and learns everything about it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's for, I was getting them confused. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> um, I need to watch that episode again. Yeah, that, that's actually a very that's that's a pretty good possibility. I think. Um, yeah, but it's. But, I, I think, and I, I what I I would I would like it to be a little bit of both to an extent. You know that. Uh, because yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, it's purely just Jakar trying to extract an apology out of him. It's it's less intriguing than it being his conscience and it being an internal conflict. But at the same time, at the same time, there being a part of Jakar that's part of Londo now is uh is 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 something I, I kind of like. So, well, but the uh, the other thing that happens is uh, at the end when they talk about the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Londo had to kind of look it up, I think, right? Like, he wasn't totally familiar with the fairy tale, but Veer yeah, was like, oh, yeah, was. to answer your question, I know that tale. I, I remember it from when I was a kid. So, like, his yeah. parents must have always told him this story. And Londo's like, oh, I don't remember it from when I was a kid. Like, so so yeah. I think uh, something about Londo's upbringing might have been missing a vital component that, that Veer had that he did not. Yeah, I, that, that's exactly what I thought. It's like, okay, Veer's the one who read like fantasy novels as a kid, and uh, and Londo didn't didn't get any of that. <laughs> he uh, he had a very pragmatic upbringing, you know. So I yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting touch. 
And so, yeah, so it was it was an interesting episode. And I mean, obviously, I'm very curious how the Londo storyline pans out because it's so intriguing what we've seen, where he ends up and yeah. where he is right now. And I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm very curious. I, I, this is this. That's one of the clever things about this episode. They've kind of showed us the end point of both major storylines, I think. Yeah, and, we know where it's going. Yeah, well, that, that's actually another reason why this typically cheesy plot of Londo having to make the decision to to overcome this and live is that that Londo knows how dark his future is and that you can genuinely see being part of him that's like, you know, I think I'm just gonna I'm good. I've had a decent life. I'm just gonna lay down and die. Is you can see part of him buying into because early on he is pretty ambiguous about it. I mean obviously he reaches a point where it's like, no, I do want to live, but but you know He's him wanting to live means taking on a terrible, terrible burden. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it, it it added another layer of complexity to it. No, and just the idea that Londo might be this great spirit is yeah is also quite interesting. Um, so yeah. I, you know, I, I I don't know. I I, I did enjoy the episode, um, and. Uh, and and I thought that you know and again it wasn't it wasn't laden down with too much. There was the Lanier storyline and the and the Londo storyline, and that was really all it needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave Franklin some time. To, you know, we got to sort of see Franklin at work. I was wondering for a moment if he was going to hit the stims again when uh, <laughs> when, 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 when he was up all night trying to save Londo. Um, yeah, that would have been a bad development. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, please, please don't, please don't go there again. Uh, I will, I will spoiler you and say I do. There are no more stems okay. of Franklin in this series that I yeah, can we'll, recall. We only need one walkabout, I think, for Franklin. That's that's enough. Yeah, um, more than enough. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so and and also Jakar doing his best Cartagia impression was <laughs> was yeah. really interesting. Um, that that i yeah that was a highlight cause, definitely because the makeup does not match the outfit in <laughs> any way <laughs> and so it was just this weird it's it's like i mean it was the most unusual combination of personalities um yeah i i, I really enjoyed that moment that was uh that was that was just a very strange strange touch in a strange strange episode <laughs> um, but yeah so so it was it was good i was uh i was i was happy with it and i'm looking forward to the rest of the season i think uh i think it's it's a promising it's it's promising so far um yeah you know they, they had some issues with the first episode but again it was the first episode and yeah and and there was some good groundwork laid there so i think i think even if the first episode wasn't like my favorite in the world it, it uh it, it it's, it's gonna it's gonna pan out into some stuff that'll be be fun um, yeah which is kind of a place setting episode and so and yeah so you know was, and, and and again the, the the way that they sort of have been setting things up were like we got the, pr- the previous episode they focused on babylon 5 and then this episode it was all devoted to like jakar and lanier and there wasn't that it wasn't this need like you've been saying to go see well what's up with sheridan and what's up with this guy and you know yeah you know how's how's zach's toilet scrubbing coming along you know like everybody's <laughs> got to get like a little storyline that fits their personality and it's just uh uh you know i'm, I'm glad they don't do that um yeah I, th- I think i think you know what it is we've taken pov to its its logical limits uh yeah in tv that's the problem uh, you know, you just, you know, I'm, I'm not that hung up on POV 
and and uh, a lot of television shows these days are obsessed with you know in character perspective and uh you know i i think i think it's i think it's um I think it's one, you know, you can do it, you don't have to do it in these concrete ways, and Babylon 5 is a good illustration of that. You know, mm-hmm. You're getting an episode that's definitely an episode from the perspective of Londo and Lanier, but it's not, it's not like, you know, they can't shift viewpoints if they need to. So, yeah. you know, they, yeah. don't, they don't have to devote 30 minutes to that one shift. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It, it really, uh, um, it, no, I, 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 it's definitely an episode where, where it was tight. Everything felt very smooth. And I mean, yeah, because the Lanier one, it, you know, it, 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 it has nothing to do with the Londo plot at all. But I never, I never felt like at any point in this episode where I'm like, well, why are we getting back to the other side? But, but yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where both of these develop because I'm pretty rusty on exactly what happens in this season. So I'm, uh, I'm actually intrigued by a lot of it. Mm. In addition, yeah. having even having seen it before. So yeah, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll hopefully be back on sometime the weekend with uh, with the uh, you know next two or three episodes and. Uh, we also have uh, what is it on Sunday? What do we have? We have um, oh, the Medieval Authentic yeah, podcast, I believe. The Medieval Authentic, and then uh, on Friday we're doing Brave Archer, and um, I'm also going to be doing um, the next Return of Condor Heroes, uh, which will be chapters 21 through 25, and mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, we got we got a lot lined up, and uh, and yeah, so I I agree with you. This is you know I was I was um, I'm on the same page with you on these episodes. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, again, I, I think I've been warned enough about what to expect from season five. So I don't think I'm going to have misalignment of expectations and yeah. results. Uh, and I think that definitely is helpful with shows like this. If I, if I had gone in with the wrong set of expectations, I could see, you know, I could see fighting it the whole way through the season, but, but, but I, I don't, I, I'd honestly just be happy with a little bit more, it doesn't have to get extravagant. It doesn't have to get, you know, cataclysmic this season. I just kind of want to see how, because I sort of know what the last episode is going to be about. Because we had a bunch of flash forwards to it, and so I mm-hmm. kind of want to know how the end of last season really connects to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the sort of, because because there, there's like a missing piece, which is the alliance and and what Sheridan and Delenn's roles become, and and so just sort of seeing. Uh, the day-to-day maintenance of that is actually interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, we are seeing the development of what the alliance will be at this point. So, so all right. So I, uh, you know, we will uh, head out and uh, and hopefully we'll be back on. Uh, well, we'll definitely be on Friday and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, very soon for the Babylon Five. Until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.